When have you been glad to discover you are not alone? Well, welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. Chris, it's good to be with you for another podcast. Hey, man. Thank you, Lynn. Good to, good to be with you as well. We have Brian Gass with us. Brian is one of the content editors for Bible Studies for Life. And Brian, great to have you with us today. Hey, great to be here. Thanks, guys, for inviting me. Uh, the three of us are a part of a team that uh, all work on Bible Studies for Life. Uh, you'll Next week, we'll have Amber with us. She's one of our content editors as well. Um, some of what we do is to kind of prepare what kind of the, these outlines will look like uh, when, we, when we talk about a unit of study. And then um, we actually work together to create some questions that uh, we encourage our, our groups to ask. So uh, it, it's always fun working with you guys. I'm saying all this because um, I have to confess, and I, I, last week we had Cliff Lee with us, the author of the study. We're looking at Matthew 24, 25, and it's all about the end times, eschatology. And I, so I'm that guy, and so I'm the everyman here that – probably hasn't given a lot of thought or attention to the teachings around end time. That has just never been something that's been a, 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 a big issue for me. So for me, this study has, it's been a good study because it's helped me to kind of focus on some of that. But um, let's get back to your initial question, Lynn, and then we'll dive more into the end times uh, dynamic. Uh, the question was, uh, when when have you been uh, glad to discover that you weren't alone? And uh, when you said that, Lynn, I immediately thought of two instances that were both when I was on vacation with my family. There were four years apart, but they were times when I was caught up in the moment of doing something. One time I was really young. It's, it's an early memory. Um, we were in Mexico and doing the touristy kind of thing. And I, I remember having maracas and then looking up and just not recognizing anybody and realizing that, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a different place and there's nobody here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was four, four years Chris, later. How, Chris, how old were you? I was four or five. Okay. So it sounded like you were 24. Okay. All oh, right. no, no, no. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, the other one, we were again on vacation in California and um, I was in Disneyland of all places. And I was kind of in that main street area. And then, you know, I was kind of caught up in the moment, checking it all out. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm eight probably at this point. And then I recognize, Oh my gosh, my family, my mom, my dad, I don't see anybody I know. So, I mean, those are terrifying moments. Uh, I, I was several years ago. I was on a, uh, I'd been asked to come teach, uh, teach about curriculum development to a group of leaders in, of all places, Jamaica. And I've never been to the Caribbean before. So I flew in there by myself, landed at the airport, go through customs. And I have no, I know someone's picking me up. I have no idea who it is. And uh, these agents kind of said, they're not just going to let me go out there. Cause I can't, well, I can't tell you where I'm staying because they're coming to pick me up and they're going to tell me where that is. And I had no idea it was. And so there, there's that moment of feeling like I'm stuck here in the airport. And I have no, I don't know anybody. I felt alone. And pretty soon the guy popped up and, you know, he showed up and rescued me. So uh, the rest is history. But yeah, that little bit of moment of feeling 
wow, you're kind of by yourself here. Brian, do you think of any stories like that? Yeah, mine's also an international story. I was thinking of the time we lost our number four child in Ephesus, of all places. Uh, (laughs) We were missionaries in that part of the world, and uh, we'd gone for a conference and had the opportunity to tour the ancient city of Ephesus. And uh, we were just, uh, we were really into the explanation of the Temple of Diana and that kind of thing. And uh, one of my children was supposed to be holding the little three-year-old's hand And uh, they were usually trustworthy to do that. But uh, next thing you know, they thought we were holding the hand and uh, little Jojo had gone on with a group of local Turks uh, to the next part of the city way up ahead. And uh, they were just loving on him and having a good old time. And um, we were all panicked. A lot of our friends went on, you know, looking for him. And eventually we ran into these Turks and they wondered why we were all upset. I mean, Joe was having a great time. Well, the reason we're even talking about this kind of just as a, a fun icebreaker is because the point of this study, this is our second week of looking at uh, Christ's return. The, the, the thing we're looking at is that even in those darkest times, God has not abandoned his people. Even though there's times that we may feel alone, God is with us. And certainly we're going to put this in the context of what Jesus is teaching, uh, teaching his disciples about uh, his return and the end times that, hey, it's going to be rough. But even in those dark moments, you have not been left alone. So, guys, let me go ahead and jump into uh, verse. Uh, this is Matthew 24. Let's just kind of start in verse 15 and, and uh, we'll let you guys jump on this. Jesus was saying, and this is what he said. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand this. Then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. We talked about this a little bit last week, that the context um, is the destruction of the temple. Jesus predicted that that would happen and the end time. So they're talking about both things. The disciples are probably hearing, well, if the, if the temple's destroyed, that must be the end times. Right. Um, So, um, but in all likelihood, we're talking about two distinctive events. And so the, this seems to deal probably more has the feel more of the destruction of the temple, but I mean, it could be, it could be the end times as well. Uh, Chris, even, this is, this is a good point. If, sorry to interrupt, No, no. Um, but you're used to it. <laughs> uh, this is a good point to interrupt that, to interject this idea that there are a lot of folks who are, they study a lot about eschatology. They, they, they love to study the end times. And many people have come up to certain conclusions about how to interpret these things, but they don't only always agree with each other. We we've mentioned this in another podcast that there are some people with with a, a millennial view that uh, that includes the rapture that happens at the very beginning. Some that it, the, the rapture the, the, of the church happens midway. Some that it's simultaneous with his actual second coming. Uh, there, there's a lot of ins and outs of ways you can view the end times and eschatology. But let me stress again that there are a lot of very strong Jesus-loving, Bible-believing believers they don't always agree on how you interpret this. So as, as you and your group look at this and even this passage, 
no, uh, keep in mind, some people are going to, is this, is this referring to the end times? Is it referring to the destruction of Jerusalem that happened in the first AD? So I just want you to be very gracious as y'all talk about this, that we don't always see eye to eye on this. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think Matthew understood this was going to be tough stuff because he inserts that parenthetical there, let the reader understand. And so we are trying to understand it to help our folks understand, but we d- certainly do need to give some grace. So we want to give, we want to encourage you to, um, as you, if you're a leader, especially if you're a leader of a group, is to talk about some of the benefits of knowing some of the signs uh, are there and or what would the benefits be uh, to knowing. And then uh, also throw it open to talk about some of the things that Lynn talked about. It, this may be a good spot to say what. What do you think? What have you heard? What do you believe? Is this a big deal for you? You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I got a call from a really good friend who just out of nowhere said, you know, I was just thinking and realizing I don't know much about the end times and I don't know what I believe about the end times. So this is a guy that's, you know, got my age and just saying kind of out of nowhere. I just started thinking about this. I've never paid any attention to this. So I think there are some people like that. I think they're there. I think it's almost like it's either you're preoccupied by it and you've spent a lot of time or you'd never think about it. There's not much in the middle. What do you think guys? You know, there are churches that uh, sometimes will bring in a guy with charts and that kind of thing and lays it all out. And uh, everybody does get on the same sheet of music. Of course, we've had popular book series uh, that have kind of uh, gone down a particular road or films even that have been very influential for people. But uh, one of the things I like about this unit is that we really are driving folks back to the word and asking them to take a fresh look at it and uh, see what uh, what we come to. All right. So let's move on now to verses 17 through 20. And we saw in the first section, as we looked at those verses, that the desecration of the temple will signal the end. Uh, But what we see in these next verses is that the distress that follows that, it's going to come suddenly. This is what Jesus said. A man on the housetop must not come down to get things out of his house. And in the field, uh, the man in the field must not go down to get his coat. And woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. Pray that your escape may not be in winter or on a Sabbath. Yeah, it's been interesting since we've been living through these COVID days, we're all told, told not to go out and to stay at home, run home, stay home. Uh, this is kind of the opposite of that. <laughs> Don't even go home, get out and keep going. That's right. But it, it raises a question. And uh, Brian, you have included this in your personal study guide. But when we think about times of trouble, how exactly do we prepare? Uh, how can we be pre- prepared for these times of trouble? Yeah, and I thought it was good for us to broaden out because uh, let's face it, um, the vast majority of generations in all of Christianity will not live through the end times. And so um, the folks that we're talking to, we may, but uh, we certainly need to be prepared for times of trouble. And so the question's a little broader there, but um, making sure that, uh, that we've got our house in order, as it were, spiritually, um, so that regardless of what gets thrown at us, uh, we're ready to stand firm. So in a senior adult version, we, we asked this question, how do you typically react when faced with a sudden onset of trouble? And um, I think that that will create uh, some conversation uh, because I'm, so today, 
uh, I went to start a car and it was, it would not turn over. Uh-oh. And so I thought, oh, okay, I got an issue. And so here's this, I don't think this is typically what I do, but my, I immediately went from, oh no, this is the end. This car's going to die. This is a bad time. <laughs> it's got 300,000 miles on it. What am I going to do? I, I just started running down this path of, okay, this is the end. Well, it needed a battery, you know, it was no big deal. It was, you know, more money than I want to spend, but it wasn't like I needed to make a decision. But I think how how we typically respond uh, is a good way for us to consider how might we respond when we come to this this season of trouble uh, that is is predicted. In verses twenty one and twenty two, Jesus continues on uh, talking about these, this time of distress. For at that time there will be great distress. The kind that hasn't taken place from the beginning of the world until now and never will again. Unless these days were cut short, no one would be saved. But those days will be cut short because of the elect. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I appreciate the hope um, in this segment of the passage that um, you, you get the sense that God's mercy is going to kick in and God's going to step in and say, enough. <laughs> I, that's good news for me. Yeah, for sure. There are days I wake up, look at the headlines and I think, my goodness, how can it get any worse? But of course, we're told it will get worse. But God's mercy is there for his people. And we certainly don't need to be distressed. So as I think about how I've experienced God's mercy in the past, to know that God is faithful, that is helpful for me to remember that when times get worse, uh, whether we're talking uh, in the the actual specific end times Jesus is referring to here, or just another pandemic or something, uh, I can trust God's mercy will be there for me. He's been there in the past. He'll be there for me now, and he will be there for me in the future. Uh, in addition to that, in, in our study guide, we did include a, a quote from the great Scottish preacher, Alexander McLaren, that said, peace comes not from the absence of trouble, but from the presence of God. And uh, I thought that was a good way of just capturing, regardless of if we're talking tribulation trouble or uh, various troubles that we all find ourselves in. Certainly, we've been living through some days of trouble now that uh, being reminded of the presence of God, it'll get us through everything. Right. And I, as, as you're in your groups, whether you're leading a group or you're sitting in a group, you're going to be very tempted to get into the weeds of the ins and outs of, well, what do you think this means? Or when do you think it's going to happen? Once again, that's a great conversation to have. But walk away with this, this one truth to remember that what we're seeing here is that God will not abandon us, even in those darkest times. He will be with us and we can trust him. I, I like the hope that's in that. I do too. And, Amen. and again, for your groups, just remember that you're, you're going to have some people in your group possibly that are going through hard times, maybe the hardest times they've ever experienced. And so allow this um, to be more than a study on uh the end times. So let it be a, a, a reminder of the hope that is ours, that God walks with us and is with us in the darkest times of our lives. So allow some time for those kind of conversations and testimonies to be a part of, of your group time. So Brian, uh, 
let's wrap up. Does you have a, a, a tip for us as teachers and maybe something all of us could benefit from? Uh, yes, I was just going to um, remind us all to be very intentional about uh, inviting folks to our groups. Um, some of us have gotten out of the habit of coming to groups, or maybe you've been offering your groups uh, online or whatever. Uh, but one of the things that we do is, uh, is send out um, Twitter uh, messages, Facebook messages, maybe even an email with a little bit of a teaser about what we're going to be studying on the coming Sunday. And uh, perhaps some of your group members can uh, use that to reach out to someone who's unchurched um, to it might pique their interest and they might want to come uh, that Sunday. Of course, our leader pack, uh, we actually give things that you can just cut and paste and use those, but you guys can develop your own if you don't purchase our leader pack. I just need to underscore what Brian said, because a couple of months ago, I was I met with a, a group of deacons at a, at a local church. And in the process of this conversation I had with them, they were kind of bemoaning because of the pandemic. Not everybody has come back to church yet. So many of their folks had stayed home. And so their Bible studies just weren't, didn't have my numbers yet. And I asked them, so what have y'all done to, have y'all reached out and called them or invited them to come back? And there was this long pause and they had not done anything. They just assumed if they put it on a, a website or someplace we're open again, they're going to come back. There is value in that personal contact, social media, text, phone, whatever, to let people know you're important to us. Uh, and it's not hard to do. So do reach out to those in your group, uh, potential visitors, uh, someone who fits your, the demographics of your group. Just invite them, especially with this subject, because there's so much interest and in, people always want to talk about the end times. We are thankful that you have joined us for this podcast. We appreciate that very much. And I hope this has uh, given you some thoughts as you prepare or as you're going to sit in a group this week. May God bless your Bible study.